0: The reading that's taken in connection with our text today is taken from Proverbs chapter 3, the verses 1 to 6. Proverbs chapter 3, the verses 1 to 6, and if you have a pew Bible, then you can find it on page 727 of your Bible. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For day, length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. We'll now move ahead to chapter 29, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, which is our text for today. You can find that on page 760. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. So far, the word of God. Congregation loved by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How often have you been afraid of what other people will think? Did you let that fear impact how you act? The proverb in our passage today is one of a collection that was made by a man named Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a man who became king after a very long and dark period in Judah's history. It was a time of terrible darkness, with many kings following terrible and wicked practices. Idolatry was everywhere in the land. Incense was offered to foreign gods. People did what was right in their own eyes, and death and misery and immorality was everywhere. You only have to read through the book of Kings prior to this point to get a bit of a taste of what life was like under that. It was hard. This was also a kind of situation in which it would have been very easy to go with the flow. After all, everyone was doing it, right? Why be the one who stands out? Why make yourself a target? But Hezekiah loved God. And he knew that continuing the way that they did as a nation would only bring more misery on the people that God had entrusted to his care. And so, by the grace of God, he turned and went against the flow. He turned to the Lord to put his trust in him, and the Lord blessed him for it. There were times that seemed very dark, and there was even a time where he was brought to the point of death, and yet the Lord watched over him. He took care of him, and provided for him during this time. And he blessed his legacy in Scripture as well. In Second Chronicles 32, verse 32, the Lord reminds the people of God, Now the rest of the acts of Hezekiah and his goodness, indeed they are written in the vision of Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, and in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. So Hezekiah rested with his fathers, and they buried him in the upper tombs of the sons of David. He is one of the only kings that is described in this way. And that's a mark of the work of the Lord in his life. His life was a testament to the transformation that happens in one who puts their trust in the Lord. Though fear of man loomed around every corner, by God's grace, he had Turned to the Lord. And through that, the Lord had given him all that he needed. But he knew the importance of these words among those that he had collected. He knew that without the Lord, he wouldn't have been able to do this. And so this is one of that collection. This was one of the Proverbs that was so important to his life that he had people collect them for the generations to come. It was a reminder to the people who are under his care, and it's a reminder for us today that though life can still be uncertain and many difficulties and challenges can face us, to put your trust in the Lord is to move from a world of uncertainty to an immovable hope. And so today I proclaim to you the word of God. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. And we'll see, first of all, the fear of man, and second, trusting in the Lord. Now there are many reasons for fear and for anxiety, and obviously many of them are for different reasons that go deeper than just the fear of man. But those are not the ones I would like to address today. Today we'll first focus on the fear of man, a powerful reason for anxiety and stress. Fear in our passage is not the usual word for fear that you might be familiar with as you, run, as you read your way through the Word of God. Often when we're reading in the Bible, we'll run into the phrase, the fear of the Lord. You'll find it in places like, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Or in Proverbs 16, verse 6, by the fear of the Lord one departs from evil. This is a reminder to us that sometimes when all else fails, we need the fear of God to shake us up and to remind us. That, yes, the Lord is there and he is watching over what we do. But fear in this sense is seen as good throughout the Bible, a fear that is wrapped up in wisdom. The Hebrew word that's used here is one that brings to mind the kind of fear that you boys and girls have when touching the stove if it's hot. What begins for a toddler as fear later grows into what we describe as a healthy respect when we're adults. But at its heart, that fear and healthy respect are a very similar thing. To ignore that kind of a fear would be to cause damage. To honor that and to use the stove in the way that it's meant to be used can lead to a lot of good delicious meals, fried eggs, and more. When we look at that kind of fear, then we can see how it is a good thing and it can turn us to blessing. Then we can say with the Holy Spirit in Proverbs 14, verse 27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. It leads us towards good things. It's a fountain of life and a reason for joy. The fear that's described here, though, is a different kind of fear. And it's a different word that's used here as well. This is one that's not a healthy fear. This is one that trembles violently. And nothing good comes from this fear. Isaiah the prophet uses this word when he speaks of the fall of the great empire of Babylon. It's a terrifying picture that God shows him. And it sets him to trembling in fear for days. He says in chapter 21, verse 4, My heart wavered. Fearfulness frightened me. The night for which I longed, he turned into fear for me. It's a destructive thing, this kind of fear. Though night comes and you hope for rest, you're able to find none. It gives no sleep. It gives no peace. Can you relate to that? That kind of fear. The fear of man. I trust that there are times when many of us have lost sleep because of this kind of fear. Times when we lose sight of the big picture. Times when we feel especially weak. When we forget our position, if only for a very short time, as a child of God, as a redeemed brother or sister of Jesus Christ, in light of what's going on. Our problems seem overwhelming and huge. And we find ourselves tossing and turning in the night, wondering what this person or that person will think. When this is the way that we view the world, it's a hard way to live. There is no rest. There is no peace. And it makes for long nights filled with anxiety. And the fruit that comes from that is not good. It wraps you up, and it drags you further down. That's what the author of our proverb points out with the second part as well. It says, the fear of man brings a snare. A snare is a trap. Maybe you boys and girls have seen a mouse or another animal in a trap before. This trap is like that, but one that's more often used to catch birds, the reminder here is that the fear of man causes all kinds of trouble that you can't easily get away from. And how often haven't you seen this in your own life? How often have you made a decision based on fear of what other people think? It's a tough one, isn't it? It's something that can affect every part of your life. You teens can probably relate to this. You find the people you hang out with peer-pressuring you into doing something that otherwise you wouldn't feel comfortable doing because maybe it's harmful or criminal or maybe it's not, it's just not wise. Would you still do it? Would you feel comfortable walking away? The fear of man can be a snare here leading you to do something that you otherwise shouldn't or wouldn't. How about for those who are dating or married? Sometimes we can run into behaviors that are not okay. Tendencies to be quick to lose our temper, a tendency to take things too personally from the person who is dearest to us, or tendencies to go astray in other ways. And when it's brought to your attention, there can be the temptation to change your behavior because you're afraid of what other people think. The difficulty is that doesn't lead to the heart issue. Your heart is still in the same place as when you began. And when those who are closest to you see that your heart didn't really change, then it can lead to conflict because you yourself are able to fool yourself into thinking that everything is still okay. Yet the rest of your life doesn't follow the change of your heart. And soon you'll find yourself falling back into similar patterns or maybe even the exact same things as you did before. Change, if made for the fear of man, brings a snare. And it's not just marriage, but change everywhere that can follow this pattern. Do you have a habit that you're trying to break? A sin that you are struggling with overcoming? Take a moment to think What is the thing that feeds that? Are you relying on the grace of God or do you find yourself falling back on the fear of man, fearing what other people would think if they knew? Though we might think ourselves to be in an okay position, we soon find out that we're not because our hearts didn't follow and we're still trying to do it on our own. We only changed because we were afraid. Or how about when we're responding to those in authority, whether in government in school and home in church, anywhere else, fear of what they might think or do can lead us to do all kinds of funny things. The fear of man leads to giving in to things that you otherwise wouldn't. It can lead to temporary change, not motivated by true repentance. And the fruit of that can also be bitterness, distrust, lashing out in anger and revenge. It can tangle us up in a lot of hurt, and it can lead to shame and pain. It can lead to restless nights and constant anxiety about what everybody else will think the fear of man really does bring a snare. Listening to the Lord here means that we are encouraged to take a step back and take a careful look into our lives. Do we see these same patterns coming to the foreground? Do we, by this, find ourselves adding stress and anxiety to our lives? Is the Lord teaching us that we've been spending time caught in a snare? If we find that this is the case, then we are also brought to the comfort of the second part of this proverb, where we have been brought to see the snare. We've also been brought to see the freedom that the Lord brings as we consider our actions As we look at the decisions we make, there is often more than enough reason to humble ourselves before God. There is often more than enough reason for us to lift our eyes up. But when we do, when we are brought by God to this point, we lift our eyes up to Him and say, Lord, I've made a mess of things. I need you. And this brings us to our second point, trusting in the Lord. The antidote to the fear of man, the author of the book of Proverbs teaches us, is to look to the Lord. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe. Now, notice, first of all, the name used to describe God in this verse it's Lord in all capital letters. Remember what we have to do when we see this? When we see this name in the Bible? We remember that when we see this, it is the name Yahweh. It's the covenant name of God, the name of promise. We believe that God himself has promised himself to us. He has declared that he will be our God and we will be his people. For those of you who have put your trust in God, For those who have been baptized, the sign of your baptism is the reminder of the Lord, of this name that he's given you and of the covenant claim that he's laid on you. You can trust in that. You can hold on to that name. You're reminded to respond to that. Always being reminded by that mark, whoever trusts in the Lord, in Yahweh, our covenant God, the God of promise, will be safe. And there's good reason to trust in him. The first reason to trust is that he is the Lord, Yahweh, our covenant God, which means that he's always with us. That is the nature of his promise to us as Lord, the promise of his covenant name. He has always been With his people. He has always been Yahweh to them. But we find this to be especially true since Christ has come. Knowing that the people who followed him would be very lonely and overwhelmed at times. As he preached to a small group of believers in a big, powerful, and ultimately hostile Roman Empire, Jesus Christ reminded his people of this promise. And promised himself as well, saying in Matthew 28, verse 20, Behold, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. For the apostles and for the believers that followed in generations to come, in dangers, in the face of opposition, in the times when they felt their loneliness, they could always rest in this, that Jesus Christ would be with them. To the very end of the age, for you who believe in Jesus Christ, There are times when we will be lonely, anxious, and afraid. And yet, even in all that, you can always trust that the Lord is there because He's always present and He's always looking out for His people. The second thing to remember is His power. Where His name speaks of the promise and the reason of trust The reminder of safety speaks to his power. Whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe. If you struggle with this, you'd not be alone. If you find yourself slipping back into late nights, restless nights, it's human nature. And throughout history, saints have had times when they became anxious and fearful. Isaiah the prophet, for example, was one of these men. And yet, what did the Lord say to him? Our covenant Lord, Isaiah 51, verse 12, I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you should be afraid of man who will die and the Son of man who will be made like grass? The Lord's point here is not to rebuke Isaiah that he is afraid of man. Who are you that you should be afraid? Is not a rebuke, but it's a reminder of who he is. His point is this: remember who I am. I am the Lord. I am your covenant God. This means I have a relationship with you and you belong to me. And so the reminder: who are you that you should be afraid? is you are a child of God. For you who trust in God, this is what that name, Lord, in all capital letters means. This is the relationship that Jesus bought for those who believe in him. So those who believe in his name, John 1 verse 12, he gave the right to be children of God. Remember who you are. For those who trust in him, he will be with you to the end of the age. And the one who is with you is powerful, so much greater than the one who is with them. I, even I, the God of promise, the God of power, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you should be afraid of man who will die? They're nothing in power compared to me. Let my power and my presence comfort you. As our catechism reminds us in Lord's Day 1, as we confess, nothing comes to you by chance. Nothing can separate you from his love. And all things must work together for our salvation. It doesn't matter what the powers of this age, governments, political movements, authorities might do. This remains unchanged. Though you might feel nervousness and anger and fear, the Lord quiets us. He brings us peace with these words. The Lord says, I, even I am he who comforts you. And he teaches whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe. Each of us needs to be reminded of it. Each of us needs to take a step back and be reminded that this is, Is true for me when I go through hard things there can be things that shake me to my very core there can be things that happen in which I feel like a failure things that hit me in the places that I feel define me and the fear of man the fear brought on by what others think or how I personally think I have failed fear in response to my own expectations is also fear of man It can paralyze. Who I identify as, as husband or wife, who I am in my job, who I am as a parent or a child, comes under attack. And there can be times when I look at it from where I'm standing and I can see no way forward that doesn't lead down. And yet the Lord reminds us we can trust. We can step back And know that even if it goes down, he leads me through the valley of the shadow of death to the other side. I look to Jesus, who already went there once, alone, ahead of me. And remember that he said he will be with us to the very end of the age. And that he gives us courage to move forward again. To move onwards, leaning on Him, because whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe. Each of us can take a step back and remind ourselves I am not defined by my job, I am not defined by being a dad or a mom, ultimately, a husband or a wife, and I'm ultimately not defined by my success or my failure, by my righteousness or by my sin. Rather, who I am is a child of God. Through Jesus Christ, I am defined by my blood-bought position as a child of God. And though I can be shaken by everything else, nothing can shake that. And that's enough to carry me through. So this reminds us to look at the fear of man once again. And to remember where it leads. Fear of man leads to bitterness distrust, lashing out, anger, and revenge. But trusting in the Lord, in Yahweh, our God of promise, leads to comfort. It leads to living in awe. It leads to rest, to being still, and knowing his providence. And best of all, resting in our redemption through Jesus, we are given the strength and courage to move ahead even through the valley of the shadow of death, knowing that we are in the hands of Jesus. Jesus. There can be times when it's a struggle. There can be times when we fall back. And yet he is always there with this reminder. He is always there with this promise. Loved ones of Jesus Christ, the fear of man brings a snare, but he promises that whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Amen.